Hello and welcome to the Aaliyah Yoga Podcast. This morning, I am thinking about trust, um, trusting in the universe, trusting in myself, um, trusting the people around me, just a whole lot of just trust. And the way that this is showing up for me this week is that I, I've just been really sitting with myself and thinking about what is the motivation behind the actions that I'm taking. And after sitting with myself and uh, talking with an existential kink coach, my friend Gemma, who I'm going to have on the podcast soon, um, yeah, just kind of digging into the corners of um, decisions about where I'm moving forward and where those decisions are coming from. So after talking with Gemma and being able to really sit with myself, noticing that some of the decisions that I was making were from a place of not trusting. Um, They were from a place of, you know, kind of wanting to stick my middle finger to some people and say like, oh yeah, you thought that I was going to do that? Oh, well now I'm not. (laughs) So how does that make you feel? Um, And of course that's rooted in subconscious. It's not like my active driver. Um, But being able to pull the subconscious into the conscious is a lot of what existential kink work is about. So um, existential kink basically says that everything in your life you love, um, even the things that you hate, you're like, oh, no, this is so horrible. No, you actually love it. Like there's some part of you that gets some type of satisfaction, whether it be the job that you don't like, uh, the career that's too stressful, um, you know, procrastination is mine. (laughs) I have an existential kink for cleaning the whole house before I actually sit down at my computer. And then of course I love to, um, you know, complain that I've not gotten my work done. So that's just an idea of how existential kink plays out for me. So talking with Gemma, the existential kink coach and sitting down with myself, I was realizing that my subconscious really was wanting to move from a place of low self-worth and not trusting that everything in my life is working out for me even though my conscious my driver my mind you know all the things that I'm aware of I you know I'm actively working on coming from a place of high self-worth of trusting the universe abundance all of that um and so basically the decision that I was making was whether or not to go on an adventure And I am going on the adventure and uh, just noticing that before when I was like, oh, I'm not going to go on it, um, my body felt a lot safer in my environment. Felt like I could move slow, felt like I had time, um, which was really nice and settling for my nervous system. And then when I decided, yes, I'm going to go, you know, there's a lot of energy now moving through my lower chakras, kind of like nervous root energy that's swirling around and just being conscious of that and then being able to channel that into, you know, the things that I need to get done into, um, you know, rearranging my priorities instead of cleaning the whole house first, maybe I can get some work done. Um, and then also 
being able to come to myself with trust, relax into the trust of the universe, and come to trust with um, the relationships in my life. I have a habit of tensing when there's ever a perceived conflict, um, which has a lot to do with people pleasing um, and another bad habit of taking on people's emotions. Like, oh, if they feel negatively or if they feel bad, that's my responsibility. I'm so willing to take it on. In fact, I like taking it on. Another existential kink. Um, So just noticing that in myself and then being able to speak my truth to the people in my life and say, you know, I I thought I wasn't going to go on this adventure and now I am. And I recognize that my indecisiveness affects the people in my space. Um, And so being able to come to that with love and compassion and trust that me and this other person are going to be able to figure out what makes sense um, for the relationship moving forward and make sure that both of us feel, all of us feel like we're valued um, and important. And this is, I'm just talking in the context of like my friends, my roommate, shout out Cole. (laughs) um my family uh you know just people in my sphere um so approaching everyone including myself with trust and compassion and gentleness and giving space for there to be a change of direction while also giving a lot of space for um other people's emotions without taking it on so a funny thing about people pleasing that happened recently is uh one of my good friends dre moved in next door shout out dre and um she needed help getting her couch into her house and i was like oh yeah i got this i've never met a couch that i couldn't fit into a door frame so i'm like yep this is this is my you know this is what i want to do i want to help you i want to make sure it gets done it's gonna happen and we're like shoving this door uh couch into this door frame And there just comes a moment where, you know, it's just not going to (laughs) fit. And I had a really hard time coming to terms with that. I was like, no, it's going to fit. No, yeah, it's going to fit. Like, it's totally going to fit. And Dre's like, I don't know, Leah. Like, you know, it's, I I don't think it's going to (laughs) fit. And so it's just really interesting data for me to reflect back on and think about how much responsibility I was taking over, like, this is my job. Like, I need to put this couch into this house. Like, it's my responsibility. It's my fault if it doesn't go in. Um, and so, you know, it, did, it didn't go in. We ended up taking it out because it was simply not going to fit through this door, which blows my mind because I fit, I've, I've fit couches in elevators, um, you know, tiny hallways. Like, there's just... Couches fit through things, generally, when you shove them. Maybe people will disagree with that. But, yeah, I just had such an interesting time being like, it's okay that it's not going to work. Or it's okay that it's not going to look like how I thought it was going to look. And I don't need to take on so much responsibility for it not going the way that I thought it was going to go. So relating this back to the decision that I just made in my life to go on this adventure, um, you know, when I told people that I wasn't going to go, I came from a place of like, yeah, I'm really ready to, um, just like be in one place with myself. I'm ready to handle some things. I want to be rooted. Um, and 
ultimately, like, I didn't, I didn't want to feel like I was leaving the people in my life, in my community that I care about so much. I noticed this huge feeling of, I don't want to abandon them. I don't want to leave them. I don't want to make them feel like I don't love and value them because I love and value each and every person that has come into my space in my Santa Cruz community. Y'all are my people. I freaking love you so much. Like it's making me a little emotional to talk about just because uh, everybody in my sphere right now is just magic, um, magic people. And so I had a lot, I was taking on a lot of responsibility for their emotions of how they would feel when I was to leave. And for a while, that was making me feel like, yep, the right thing to do is stay. Stay for them, you know, stay so that you can manage their emotions, which is a form of emotional manipulation, believe it or not, um, even when it comes from a good place. So... I had to really look at that and working with Gemma, the existential kink coach, my dear friend, my beautiful, beautiful friend, um, who I'm really excited to get to introduce you guys to soon. Um, yeah, we just were kind of like, what would it look like to operate from a place of doing things for myself, making choices based on what I want, what I feel, knowing that the people in my life are going to respect that, love me, and know that I love and value them by the way that I am with them, by the way that I communicate with them, by the way that I can make them feel seen and heard and loved and valued, even as I'm kind of putting, you know, a bit of a bookmark into this chapter and closing it and going to explore um, something else. And so the existential kink is really, you know, oh, don't I love to operate in a way to where other people, other people's opinions and feelings about my life are the things that are driving it. And once that's brought into the, the conscious mind and I can become the driver of my life, that's not how I want to operate. That's not what I believe in. That's not, that's not what I see for myself. So stepping into that place of I'm, I have to make decisions based on what I want and trust and communicate and love with the people in my sphere and know that that's what they want for me too. I was so afraid to tell everyone that I was going back on my decision <laughs> to stay and that I was actually going to go <laughs> after some reflection and existential kink coaching. Um, and yeah, I was afraid of what people were going to think. And that's something that comes up for me a lot is, um, external validation. And when I'm in a place of worrying about what others think, when I'm in a place of wanting external validation, I'm not moving with authenticity. I'm moving with what does, what do they want me to, you know, how do they want me to show up? And that's what I'm going to try to do subconsciously. So then when I'm letting go of the need for validation, when I'm letting go of the need to people please, when I'm letting go of holding responsibility for other people's emotions and experiences and worrying about how they're going to feel instead of just approaching them with love and compassion, um, I'm not in a place to, to be the driver of my life.
And in every sense, every person is is deserving of being the driver of of your life. I have been listening to a lot of Ramdas lately, and he he reads a poem by Nadine Stair called Moments that I'm going to read for you. I had my life to live over. I'd try to make more mistakes next time. I would relax. I would limber up. I'd be sillier than I have been on this trip. I know of a very few things I would take seriously. I would be less hygienic. I would take more chances. I would climb more mountains and swim more rivers and watch more sunsets. I would burn more gasoline and eat more ice cream. I would have actual troubles and fewer imaginary ones. You see, I'm one of those people who live sensibly and sanely hour after hour, day after day. Oh, I've had my moments. And if I had my life to live over, I'd have more of them. In fact, I'd have nothing else. Just moments, one after another. Instead of living so many years ahead of each day, I've bet I'd I've been one of those people who never goes anywhere without a thermometer, hot water bottle, raincoat, and parachute. If I had my life to live over, I'd go places and do things and travel lighter than I have. If I had my life to live over, I would start barefoot earlier in the spring and stay that way later into the fall. I would play hooky more. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't make such good grades, except by accident. I'd ride more merry-go-rounds. I'd pick more daisies. Nadine Starr age 85. And hearing that the other day landed so softly in my body. Um, and I, I just know that I just know that I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know where, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what this next chapter holds. Um, and the only thing that I do know is that I am so incredibly grateful for everyone in my life um, and so incredibly grateful and blessed to have been received with, with such compassion and grace and gentleness um, by everyone in my community. And that experience just allowing me to step more fully into trust. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode um little sneak preview of the existential kink talks that will be coming and i hope you have a great rest of your day i hope you have some time to reflect to be in the sun to laugh with your friends to laugh with yourself um and everything in between I hope you feel grounded into the earth and i hope you feel connected to the sky and all of the air in between and I'll see you next time. Bye.